Today, we're talking through all things Google Ads with Silvio Perez. Maybe you love Google Ads or maybe you hate Google Ads, but they definitely aren't going away anytime soon for B2B marketers. With Silvio, we'll get into what he wishes he knew when he first started running Google Ads campaigns, what to look out for in 2022 with Google Ads, and our Google Ads metadata launch. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. Silvio, welcome back. We're changing up the format a little bit for this week's episode, but last time I checked, it's our podcast, so I'm pretty sure we can do whatever we want. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having me. So you are, uh, I want to say you have like your <laughs> your doctorate in Google Ads. So I think the hardest part about this episode for me is one, for me to not get in your way and stay out of the way. Uh, two, not recording five plus hours on this because I know that we totally could and I know that people love that. We can definitely go Joe Rogan style and <laughs> for three I think plus Gil, hours. I, I think Gil would love that too. So um, just to kind of change up the format, we're going to look at this in three different ways. So we're going to get away a little bit from the lesson part, although I, I guess we're giving away some lessons uh, to start. And then we're going to talk about the outlook from your perspective for Google Ads in 2022. And then we're timing this episode with the launch of Google Ads and metadata. So we'll actually get your take on what that means for B2B marketers, how it's gonna make their lives easier, and give a behind the scenes look at how this all came about and what we've been up to for the last year. Sounds great. Sweet. So I'm not gonna try and make you sound old, but how long have you been running Google Ads? Oh man. I have to think about it, to be honest. It's, it's been a long time. <laughs> All right. So regardless, it's been a long time. And I think it's uh, that that's the perfect answer for, for what I was looking for. But I think uh, for me, I got my start running, you know, Google ads campaigns uh, at an agency. It's been a long time since I did that. And so much has changed since then. But I think what many people uh, who are listening to DGU would find helpful is your take on, you know, what are some of the, the the top three things that you wish you knew now uh, when you first started running Google Ads campaigns? The first thing that comes to mind is that you bid on keywords, but you pay for search terms. A lot of people will bid on certain keywords. So for us, maybe that's something like demand gen platform, metadata, ABM software, these types of things. And we think just because we're bidding on those keywords that that is what somebody's actually searching when they go to Google and they click on our ad and they go to our landing page. But the reality is, is you could be bidding on those keywords and based on your match types, your negative keywords and your targeting, you could be showing up for the most random things that are completely off base of what that primary keyword is that you're trying to get in front of. So that's a key distinction that I see all the time. So just understand that you're bidding on keywords, but you're ultimately paying for those search terms and those clicks, right? So really making sure that you're looking at the search terms report regularly, especially if it's a new campaign, you don't have a negative keyword list built out, just so you can do a quality check and as close to perfect as possible, you want that search terms report to reflect like high intent searches that you're actually trying to show up for. Now, for the people who are listening, do you think that's something that they typically do or are they relying on the agency that they work with to do that for them? They usually rely on agencies to do this. And unfortunately, I've had the the good fortune and I guess bad fortune of auditing a lot of Google ad accounts that are handled by agencies and sometimes internally as well. Not, you know, there are good agencies out there and it's a nightmare. The client thinks they're paying $60 a click on something like CRM software, 
but they're paying you know outrageous prices for searches like you know dogs for sale i don't know <laughs> something completely off base that's not related to to what they're actually trying to bid on and unfortunately they don't have visibility into that because they're, they're a little bit too trusting of agencies and and the agencies of course are supposed to be monitoring on a daily basis but they're not necessarily a pro tip i always recommend to everyone to just get visibility on this is to go into the google ads interface go to the reporting section and just schedule uh, a daily send or at least weekly of the search terms report and then every week or every day you can see your search terms report in your inbox and that'll give you a quality check to just make sure hey are we showing up for the right things and if you have an agency doing this, it can give you visibility into what you're paying for. I really wish I knew that. That would uh, that would have come in very handy when I've been burned by that in the past. So uh, that really hits home for me. All right, what's your uh, your second learning? Second biggest thing is is running the math and really running the math so that you can set expectations with yourself. So many people just they start advertising on a new channel and they have no real thought process in terms of what does success look like with this channel. So they get emotional, they turn things off, and they don't give it the time that it needs to really, you know, turn into something. So what I always recommend to everybody just starting out is just figure out what your break even cost per lead is. So just take your average deal size times uh, your lead to close one rate, and then you can get your break even cost per lead. That'll at least give you that sense of peace where you know, hey, I can spend up to this much to acquire a lead to break even. And, and you factor that back from revenue, right? So that, that will give you that, that baseline to set those expectations. The unfortunate thing is so many people, especially with Google ads, is they compare Google ads to social or other channels. And you know, you're paying $60 a click on Google, your cost per lead on average is gonna be a lot higher than something on social. But if you look on the back end in terms of those leads converting into deals and those deals converting into revenue, you'll see that the, the lead to close one rate for Google ads is usually a lot higher because of that intent. So when you have those types of conversations with you know, our customers and you know, stuff you're doing on the side, is that like a foreign topic to many B2B marketers? Or like kind of walk me through how those conversations go. And I'm sure some go well and lots go not so well. There's two, there's two kind of marketers. It's on the one hand, you ask them, hey, what's your break-even cost per lead or what, what's your goal? And they'll say, well, we're trying to get leads for 200 bucks. And I'm like, awesome. And, and can I ask like, why 200? Is there something significant about that number? Oh, it's just what we get on social. So we're gonna run with that. That's kind of like the one camp of people. And then the other camp of people is, no, we're gonna, we need leads at $200 because you know, our acceptable cost per lead is $200. And we, you know, we, we back factor that from, from revenue, right? And if you can't do it based on revenue, then just do it based on the uh, opportunity amount, but at least it's based on something logical. So you've got two camps, give me a rough ballpark. What's the percent breakdown? Man, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad out there. I'm not going to lie. I would say it's probably 60% the first camp, 40% the other camp. Okay. Yeah. We've got a lot of work to do uh, as marketers. But yeah, I think uh, it's, it's something that, and I've run you know, paid search campaigns back in the day when I first started. And prior to metadata, I really relied on agencies to do a lot of that for me. And mm -hmm. I think for me personally, you don't really know to ask those questions until you get burned by, you know, 
agencies or making mistakes yourself, uh, or you have a really good boss that's saying, we're spending X amount on paid search. What's the, the outcome that this is driving? And until you learn those lessons the hard way, like I didn't really know that those were the questions that I should be asking. Yeah, when it comes to any of your capture campaigns, where you're going to be measuring in terms of, you know, direct attribution. Anything, you know, direct is all about running the math. Like paid advertising is all about running the numbers, especially if you're doing capture campaigns. If it's demand creation, then it gets a little bit harder in terms of attribution and things like that. But if you're putting in money into campaigns to drive direct outcomes, like all of that is just coming down to the math and getting visibility into what's actually working and driving pipeline for you so you can scale that further. And, and that's really the key thing that I pe- think people don't really realize is how mathematical it is on the paid advertising side of things and really, you know, nailing in your numbers. You make it sound so simple, uh, but that's because you're a genius. Uh, definitely a lot right. easier said than done. You know, there's uh, definitely tools uh, out there to help, but it's it's a process. Uh, awesome. So let's get into your third big learning. The third biggest learning I wish I would want to know when I started with Google Ads is that you don't have to guess. The beautiful thing, and one of the reasons I love paid advertising, is your account is telling you a story. And that story is being told through metrics. So for example, with Google Ads, it's all about learning how to read your account story. And you know, we're talking about Google Ads here, but it's the same thing with like LinkedIn or Facebook, all these different ad channels. And it's like, if you can start to really understand the metrics, and this comes with time and experience, but essentially like they're telling you a story. So I'll give you a, a real example. If a client says, uh, why are my ads not being seen on the top of Google? Like I'm searching my keywords and I never see my ads. Like why are they not being seen? If you look in your Google ads account, they have metrics called impression share metrics. And using the impression share metrics, this will give you basically an understanding of, of all the impressions that you could receive for this campaign based on your targeting, what percentage of that pie are you getting? And there's only two reasons your ad is not gonna be seen and you're not gonna have a higher impression share. Number one is you have a high search loss to rank, meaning you're losing the competition, your ad rank is low. Or number two, you're running out of budget. You have a high search loss to budget. So that answers that question. And then from there, you can double click even further. Well, hey, my search loss to rank is really high, meaning I have a low ad rank, all my competitors are beating me. Well, guess what? If you know the formula of ad rank, you know ad rank equals your max cost per click bid times quality score times the expected impact of ad extensions. So now you can triple click even further into which one of those variables of ad rank do you need help on? Is it your quality score? Well, guess what? Quality score breaks down into landing page experience, ad relevance, and expected click-through rate. So you can kind of go down this you know, rabbit hole and essentially get to the root cause of what's causing that underlying, that overlying problem. That's awesome. So I think one last question for you, and one of the things that you mentioned reminded me of this. So I think uh, it's very clear that you're at like a 501 level (laughs) in paid search, but I think a lot of people out there may not have as much experience in it. So like most things with digital marketing and just B2B marketing in general, there's so much out there, uh, whether it's courses or, you know, certifications, you name it. A lot of it's YouTube videos. I do that for a whole lot of what I do. What would you recommend that people check out uh, if they want to, you know, get more familiar with paid search. Not to shameless plug here, but I do have a YouTube channel with 
over 40 plus video tutorials. That was a shameless plug, so keep going. <laughs> uh, over 40 plus video tutorials on Google Ads. So definitely check out my YouTube channel. I have a lot of content there that like really breaks everything down. When I first started with paid advertising, everything to me was like foreign. I had no idea. I, I didn't come out, like I wasn't born and I just knew what CTR was, right? You weren't? Um, <laughs> so it was like, I'll, I know, I'll never forget it. Like I started with my own DJ business and I'll, I went to Google and I searched DJ near me and I remember seeing the Google ads at the top of the page. I didn't even know it was a Google ad at the time, but from there, you know, I started to research what is that and then, you know, kind of led down the rabbit hole. But essentially the one thing I've always tried to keep true with my, my, my content and everything is keeping myself in mind of when I had first started. So I try to explain everything as like simply as possible uh, with this little jargon. So definitely check out my YouTube channel. Uh, other great resources are like ppchero.com, Wordstream has great content. And uh, from there, that's really gonna allow you to explore further. Yes, that was a shameless plug that I probably should have told you about. My, my whole point of all of this though, is there's so much good free stuff out there to learn and get more familiar with it. You know, I paid some amounts for uh, programs and courses and whatnot, some very expensive amounts that thankfully previous companies have covered. And like, I would say for the most part, most of the free stuff has been the best stuff that I've learned from and, and the stuff that I remember. The one thing I will say is don't fall into the trap, and I'm guilty of this, of just consuming so much content that you never apply anything. There's three levels to mastery. There's knowing, there's doing, and there's living. You might know it, but until you start to practice and do it, you're not going to get real learnings. And then more so than that, until you do it on a consistent basis and live it, it's truly never going to you know, stick. So this was not in our uh, outline, but that was a perfect point that you made. How did you start to like take it from, you know, hey, I'm reading up on this to actually applying it? You have to pull out your credit card and start spending money. <laughs> you have to create an ad account, right? You have to put into practice all the things you're learning. So if you've learned about campaign structure, et cetera, go in there, start to build the campaign, get familiar with the interface, start to click around. Hey, what is this section? What is this? Uh, for example, I'm learning TikTok ads right now. I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I've been running tests on TikTok. And the first thing I did was I created a TikTok ads account. I started to play around in the UI. What is this? What are the different things that they offer? And the beautiful thing about paid advertising is, is once you start to get into it and everything starts to click, all these different ad channels are very similar to each other. So the, the learning curve gets exponentially lower. It's always in the beginning that anything is always the hardest. So yeah, definitely create an ad account, start to play around in the UI, and then start to try to just create some campaigns. And if you don't have any money to spend to get started, then just create campaigns and draft as if you were gonna create a full campaign and then just start there. And then eventually, hopefully you can get some budget to test. Um, I always recommend to all marketers to create your own blog or something of your own that you can promote. So that way you can get hands-on experience. For example, with TikTok ads, I'm doing a lot of the tests with my own, my own budget, my own stuff that I'm doing, and I'm proving things out. So now I can go to Mark and Jason and be like, hey, we need to run TikTok ads, and here's why. Look at all the data that I have. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that you mentioned, and I'm sure this probably holds true with your, your DJ paid search ads and back in the day and then some of these TikTok ads now, when it's your own money and you're seeing you know, how much money you're spending and that you don't have endless budget, I feel like you learn that much faster because you're so much more mindful of you know, how much money is being spent. A, a thousand percent, it is a skill. Um, a lot of people think that the more budget you have, the more results you're gonna get, and that's not necessarily true. By you know, not having enough budget, it forces you to be resourceful and really understand how do you stretch every single dollar to its greatest benefit. And I mean, I started out spending $10 a day 
And you know, fast forward to today, we're you know, I'm personally overseeing more than seven figures a month in ad spend. And I can tell you like that early beginnings the, and the thought process of how to optimize and how to scale and how to find inefficiencies in your, in, your, in your campaigns still holds true to this day. Gotta start somewhere. Uh, awesome, that was super helpful and insightful. I think I even learned a few things from there. So next thing, I feel like Google Ads is constantly changing You know, uh, from what I knew it to be and what it looked like to what it is today. I was looking at a, I think it was a Search Engine Journal article and they were talking about three big things uh, that every B2B marketer and really marketer in general should be aware of in 2022. So I wanna talk through those first. The first one is the future of measurement. So everyone's been impacted by iOS 14, uh, some more than others, but kind of talk me through the future of measurement uh, in Google Ads this year. The future is gonna be server-side tracking. Google already has this available. So essentially, what does that mean? That basically means tying your conversions to your CRM data. So Google has a, an integration with Salesforce where you can do this, but essentially counting conversions based on activity that happens in your CRM. So a new lead becomes, you know, gets created in your CRM or a new opportunity or a new closed one deal. You can push those signals back into Google ads to record them as conversions. So that's going to be huge, uh, especially with things like iOS 14 and, you know, pixels becoming more and more inefficient. Uh, just to give people more context on iOS 14, on Facebook, if a user does not consent to being tracked with uh, on their mobile device and Facebook recognizes a conversion from that user, but they said that they don't want to be tracked, Facebook cannot accept that conversion. So uh, conversion data is going to be more and more scarce as you know things with privacy continue to occur and come up. This is the part of the episode where I just get out of Silvio's way because he's uh, running laps around me when it comes to this stuff. So uh, walk me through that Salesforce integration and I guess uh, what is that able to provide um, B2B marketers? Yeah, so basically just to take a step back, the way it works is whenever somebody clicks on your ad, so in this case Google, there is a click ID associated with that click. What we're doing is we're capturing that click ID and we are capturing it into your marketing automation tool and we're basically capturing that click id and then that lead on that lead record so we can say hey this lead came from this google ad based on this click id and then we can re-upload that conversion into google ads so that they can understand hey a conversion happened so by associating the click id and the actual lead record you know it's a real lead because you can actually look it up in your database right and using the click id that's how you're able to combine the two together and you can do a bunch of cool stuff. So you can push, you know, new leads, new MQLs, new SQLs, whatever your, you know, your sales funnel looks like, new opportunities. You can even do some really cool things such as value-based bidding, which Google is moving more and more towards, where essentially because you're pushing that opportunity data back into the Google ads, you can also push the opportunity amount. So essentially Google can start to prioritize these different conversion actions for you, right? The smarter you can make Google to drive the outcomes you want, the better off you're gonna be. The simplest way to do this is just, you can just create a conversion action for new lead, new MQL, new SQL, whatever your flow looks like. And you can just assign like a, a dollar value for a new lead, $2 for a new MQL, $3 for an SQL, $4 for an opportunity. And that's enough to just have Google be able to say, hey, an opportunity is worth more to this business than a lead. So let's prioritize driving more of that. 
So I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, I believe they call that GCLID for those in the know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, GCLID. Facebook has it too. Facebook has a click ID. You can do the same thing with Facebook. It doesn't have to just be the Salesforce integration. So uh, HubSpot also has a direct integration with Google Ads. And HubSpot actually makes it easier where they can you can easily up you know upload those events into the Google Ads interface for conversion tracking. You can also, if you don't have HubSpot or Salesforce, you can do this with like a third-party tool such as Zapier. Um, and the main thing you're trying to do is you're just trying to store the GCLID onto the contact record and then push that offline conversion back into the tool. And you can use Zapier to do that. Legit. All right. The next big thing to look out for in 2022. So uh, Google's added quite a bit around automation and uh, like new performance max and discovery campaign types. So for the the listeners, including myself, who need to know what that means and how it's going to impact them, uh, give you us your take. You said the P word, performance max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I think right now the Google Ads community is, I would say, the most part terrified with performance max in the sense of, basically for those listening, performance max is a new campaign type that, that Google is uh, testing right now where they will basically automate everything. So they'll be able to deploy your campaigns on search, on YouTube, on uh, Discover. So essentially you give Google all your different assets and then they're fully in control and they will deploy your, your assets across all the different Google properties that they own. So it's like automation at its fullest. It's currently in, in test. I've only ran one Performance Max campaign. My performance was not the best. Um, from other people that I've spoken to in the industry, they haven't had a lot of success with it. So it's, I think it's early. It'll be interesting to see what they're what they're doing. But the main takeaway here is Google is moving more and more towards automation, right? Performance Max is one example of that. They also have things such as uh, smart campaigns, which is like simplified campaigns that, that you create. Whenever you create a Google ad campaign, they ask you what your goal is, your objective. And what people don't realize is when you, when you choose those different objectives, what they're really doing is they are auto uh, adjusting the campaign settings that you have available. So for example, if I choose my objectives to like drive leads, then they're gonna filter the bid strategies available. They're gonna filter the different settings available that I can choose from based on what they think is gonna allow me to, you know, drive that, that goal that I'm after. Versus if I just choose like, you know, no goals guidance, basically like you can choose like, um, basically like you don't have a goal and that you want full all the options, you have all the different tools available and you can, you can choose whatever you want. But all these different things essentially Google is trying to do to make things more automated, more streamlined. So that way advertisers don't have to be, you know, performance marketing experts and they can just let Google do all the heavy lifting. So I'm going to ask you to get back on your soapbox here in a second. Now, whether it's Google ads or Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or, you know, whatever ad channel you're using. Oftentimes they are making recommendations that you sometimes should not listen to because it will get you to spend more money and run more money through their platform. Cause that's how Wait, they are you money. saying I shouldn't include search and display in the same campaign. <laughs> so get back on your soapbox and tell me and everyone who's listening, like what are some of the things that, Hey, yes, you're seeing it in Google ads as a recommendation, but think twice before you accept that right away or listen to it. Yeah, biggest one that comes to mind is if you just listen to Google, at the end of the day, Google wants you to do two things. They want you to use pure broad match on your keyword, so pure broad match, and they want you to use automated bidding. So if you ask a Google rep, that's what they're going to recommend. And 
there is a time and place for that, but for most advertisers, that's not the place where you want to get started. So pure broad match is literally telling Google, hey, Google, show my ads for any searches that you deem remotely relevant based on your um, you know, machine learning prowess. And it sounds great in theory, but in terms of like actual reality, it's, it's, it can be really challenging, right? You're gonna show up for a lot of junk. So what I always recommend to, to new Google advertisers is to start as laser focused as possible. So I, I think about it in terms of two parts. Like you really need, nail, you need to nail down the traffic piece, and then from there you need to nail down the conversion piece. So setting up your Google ad campaigns, really leverage things such as phrase match, exact match, match types. So that way you're, you're, you're really showing up to the highest quality searches possible. And if your search terms report is as close to perfect as possible, then from there you've kind of nailed the traffic part. Now the other side of the equation is all about the conversion piece. Is your landing page converting? Is it, you know, is there a message match where your keyword you're adding your landing page are in alignment? Uh, you know, does your landing page follow best practices? Can I understand what you do in five seconds or less? You know, all that stuff is going to go into making sure you're converting that traffic. But yeah, if you, if you ask Google, they're going to tell you to do pure broad match and to leverage automated bidding. If you take anything away from this episode, and hopefully you take away a whole lot, I feel like that was the gold of what to avoid and how to not burn your budget, because we've all been there before. Yep, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then the last thing that I was reading in the article was just around digital privacy. So I feel like it's a new day. It's a new privacy breach somewhere. Uh, Google's updated their privacy playbook. Uh, so I guess, what does that mean for, for advertisers? And is there anything that it, they need to know? As of right now, nothing alarming for us. I would say in the future, if Google decides to play by similar rules as Facebook, then then that's when we are gonna have to really make some changes. Right now with Google Ads using server-side um, conversion tracking, whether that's through Salesforce, HubSpot, Zapier, whatever it is, but doing those offline conversion imports, that's gonna improve your measurement by like 95% in terms of accuracy. But with Facebook, you can do offline conversion imports and it still is not going to recognize all the conversions because people have to complicitly comply to being tracked, right? So you're always going to have a conversion deficit. So moving into the future of Google Ads, the, the two things that are going to be the most important is high quality conversion data that is tied to your CRM and then, you know, creating high quality audiences. So as things happen with privacy and, and things like that, you know, these channels are not going to be able to track users based on certain things like third party segments, etc. So audience targeting is going to be um, scarce as well. So if you can get as much high quality audience targeting and you can track things based on real conversions offline and you can feed this high quality data into the ad channel so they know how to better optimize and then you can leverage all these, you know, different great audience sources then that's going to really give you a key advantage. I love it. Now, before we get into the third part of this episode, we're going to get into story time, which was originally supposed to be the first story that you told, but I did not know that you were going to tell your DJ business story uh, with paid search ads that I love. So uh, I'll give a little bit of context first. I'll make you tell your side of the story, and then we'll get into what we're really excited to launch. So. Uh, we're recording this episode in February of 2022. Um, I had joined Metadata in August of 2020. And I think uh, very quickly after I joined, our sales team started to hear and, you know, many conversations with prospects. 
call me back when you guys have Google ads, call me back when you guys have Google ads. And we were like, oh, okay, you know, maybe there's something there. And we kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And we realized that, hey, we finally have to do something about this. So uh, by way of, I think it was Marcel, right? Uh, we were first introduced to you and we had brought you on as, I think as a consultant for kind of like this exploration as a new channel, right? I think my official title was like experimentation evangelist. I actually knew that and I was dying because I've like, <laughs> I've only seen uh, Guy Kawasaki as like Apple yeah, evangelist. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, so I started as a consultant here at Metadata and the way it happened was actually really funny. I had no plans for it. It was... So Marcel, basically, he told me, he's like, hey, the VP of product and metadata would love to talk to you about Google ads. Do you mind hopping on a call with her? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And you know, I'm an open book, I like to share stuff. And I get on a call with Elena and she's like, oh my God, this is amazing, can we do another call? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I get on the second call with Elena and it's Jason and Elena and they completely ambush me. I had no idea this was gonna happen. And Jason's like, hey man, so uh, you know, we want you to help us build Google Ads into metadata and help the marketing team. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I have the time for this. Like I had a pretty good thing going on, you know? Um, but basically eventually fast forward a couple of months, um, I, I, I agreed. Um, and actually I agreed then. And then fast forward a couple of months later, I hung out with Olivier, he got me drunk and then I agreed to be full time. And we couldn't be happier that you joined us full time. I know we've been working together for a while. It feels so much longer for all the right reasons and in the best ways, but we're lucky to have you. So uh, now that we got the, the story time uh, out of the way, let's talk through what we're announcing. So uh, we are actually announcing Google Ads as a new channel uh, in our own platform. So Silvio, I'm going to kind of guide you here, but you tell me what that means uh, for metadata customers and, and future metadata customers. Absolutely. So that means following best practices in terms of campaign execution, much easier through metadata. So essentially when I worked with product and helped design Google ads into the platform, I really kept it with like the best practices in mind. So for example, when you create, there's a lot of little things that if you just don't know, unfortunately, you're just going to pay, uh, as they call it, the dumb tax of <laughs> just not knowing it, right. And making those mistakes. So essentially we're automating a lot of things on the back end. So when you build a campaign through metadata, it's gonna be very simplified uh, user experience, just like with the other channels that we have, where you can select keywords, you can select ads, you can select your different landing pages. When you go to build a campaign in Google ads, you have 50 different options, right? And, and if you don't know what you're doing, it's very easy to make a mistake. So we're just trying to automate as many best practices in terms of campaign execution. So what does that mean specifically? That means, for example, not combining search and display. That means, you know, um, allowing you to choose between the best bid strategies versus just, uh, you know, some of the other ones. That means when you launch campaigns through metadata, guess what? You have match types applied to your keywords so you don't make uh, silly mistakes. And of course, you can change it if you want to. But uh, really automating the campaign execution is a big one. Uh, and then also allowing um, clients to get a full perspective, a holistic perspective in terms of how does Google Ads interface across you know, the other channels as well. So you can very easily see Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then all the other channels that we integrate with in metadata and just see from total spend all the way down to triggered opportunity, what's working. And, and more importantly than that, you can drill down to the keyword level and see which keywords are actually driving, you know, leads, MQLs, opportunities for you. So you can very easily scale those things. Amazing. Uh, I didn't really have to say much there because you nailed it. So I would say one thing, and I ask 
this question because I grew up in the, and I'm thankful for this, but when I started running paid search ads right out of school, the two managing directors at our agency were maniacal about segmentation and hyper-segmentation. So we had to get down to uh, the one-to-one setup manually, and it took mm-hmm. forever. So talk me through, uh, I guess, why that matters and how you can do it with metadata and Google Ads. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the main reason why it matters is because that's how you're going to get visibility into what works and what doesn't. And more so than that, that's how you're going to be able to guarantee that those things that are working for you, those, those keywords, those ads, those landing pages, get the budget that they deserve because they're performing well. When you just have one campaign with you know, 10 ad groups and then let's just say 10 keywords per ad group and the campaign budget is being applied at the, uh, you know, at the campaign level, well, guess what? Like maybe two of those ad groups and within those two ad groups, two of those keywords are doing all the heavy lifting. So because you're distributing that budget across all those other variables, those top performers are not getting as much spend as they could be, meaning you're, you're missing out on potential scale. So essentially with metadata, we're allowing you to have a one-to-one structure with one keyword, one ad, one landing page. And then that allows you to very easily see which experiments are driving the most performance for you. And then you can streamline those things. And then also in metadata as well, we have things such as automation rules that just streamlines the optimization. So, you know, if this experiment spends more than X without generating a lead, turn it off. If, you know, CPL or cost per MQL or cost per opportunity is more than Y, turn it off. Um, And then we also have our algorithm as well, which is not just looking at your Google ad experiments, but also your Facebook and LinkedIn experiments, prioritizing the different experiments based on performance and then auto allocating budget across those different variables. And let's say, you know, uh, for a a client that's running, I don't know, 50K in Google ads every month, and they're not taking that one-to-one, sorry, one-to-one-to-one approach, that probably is incredibly misleading because you don't know kind of what's working and what's driving the right outcomes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing too that why it matters is because Google Ads has something called quality score. And basically it's a measurement of how relevant your ads are to what the searchers are looking for. And that's broken out by your ad relevance, your expected click-through rate, and your landing page experience. So essentially what Google wants is when people go to Google and they search what they're looking for, they find it, so they come back to Google again and search again in the future. So the closer you can be to what the searcher is looking for, the more Google is going to reward you with a higher quality score, and you pay less per click, and you, you, know, you outrank the competition. So by having this structure, you can very easily make it where, hey, if I'm bidding on a keyword talking about ABM software, my ad should have ABM software in the ad copy, and then it should drive into a landing page that talks about ABM software. So that's also another key uh, benefit of doing this. So let's talk through uh i'd say two final things kind of the the initial release and and what the future looks like so what are you know some of the most exciting things for b2b marketers that they'll be able to do right out of the gate with google ads and metadata they'll be able to turn one person into four essentially in terms of campaign execution right off the gate so they'll very easily be able to you know select their different keywords their different ad copy their landing pages and then launch those campaigns and then allow metadata to multivariate test the keyword ad and landing page variables. So that'd be huge. Um, They'll also be able to very easily see in terms of reporting, you know, month over month, week over week, 
what's working? Are we trending in the right direction? Are we not? Uh, we have a report called the Cohort Analysis Report. It's one of my favorite reports. And they'll very easily be able to see you know, what's driving performance for them so they can do more of it and, and make those adjustments. And then they'll also get lead enrichment. So all the leads that we generate from the Google ad campaigns are gonna get enriched just like we do with social. And then that's gonna get passed into their marketing automation tool and then into their CRM. I feel like that cohort analysis report is one of the, I would say, holy shit moments on almost every demo that we do when people see that and say yeah. like, holy shit, you can do this from a single tool because we've all done it in spreadsheets. We've all relied on, you know, a BI team if we were lucky enough, it took way too much time and you could never see it in a single view. So that's uh, totally, yeah, again, so I'll limit the pitch slapping, but that's pretty amazing. And then last question for you, cause I know we're running long, but uh, I always do with you because we could do this forever uh, <laughs> without giving away too much. What does the future look like with Google Ads and metadata? The future of Google Ads and metadata is most likely going to be ex, you know, expanding into different channels within the Google ecosystem. More to come on that. And then I would say, in addition to that, we are looking into audience capabilities right now. So the ability to layer audiences on top of Google Ad campaigns. That's we're something we're exploring right now in terms of the functionality, the, you know, the level of audiences we can do because Google is a little bit more strict in terms of first party data and things like this. But that's definitely going to be the future leveraging audiences. Um, so having that capabilities as well. So for example, you know, being able to layer in customer lists on top of your campaigns in the metadata UI, you can do this natively, but by doing it in metadata, when you upload that list, it will automatically get imported into Facebook, into LinkedIn, into Google, and just allow you to really streamline your efforts. If we can nail that, and I trust that we can, I think I might be a paid search guy again. I've kind of come in and out of being a fan of paid search, mostly from user error and agency error and being burned so much in the past, but that would be an absolute game changer. So we're pretty excited, but this is a huge, huge channel that we're adding to the platform for us just because we know, you probably know the exact stat, how much of budget goes to Google ads for B2B marketers. Like it's still far and away, like the yeah. number one channel by spend. For sure. Yeah. It's easily like 70% of budgets. I was going to make up a number and the number was going to be really close to that. So I feel like I maybe <laughs> might know a little of what I'm talking about. Awesome. Silvio, as always, this is great. We could have kept going, but uh, I know people got day jobs and have to get back to what they're doing so they can't listen all day. We'll have you back again in the future. And for everybody listening, make sure to keep subscribing to Demand Gen U and, and sending more questions and giving us feedback. That's what we're here for. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use Metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.